The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Candy Jacobs is a street skateboarder from the Netherlands and one day last year in 2020, she got a message on Instagram and it was off Tony Hawk. Uh, the legendary skateboarder. And on that day, she says her life changed. We are here to ask, well, why that is, her struggles to become a pro skater, plus talk about her hopes for the Olympics in Tokyo. So, Candy, how are you? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me. Like, it, it's morning, it's chill, you know, it's raining. So, not skating. Time enough. I've just put the blind down on the the hell that is outside here to make it look like it's not raining or what <laughs> yeah just to say, look, it looks quite nice it's not so yeah i feel that vibe what is your attitude to rain and skating well it doesn't go together but i i'm lucky in it like i have my own uh indoor park i built it with my dad like two years ago so for me, the rain right now is not as big as the issue as it was before. Because normally I would have to drive like one and a half hour to find like a covered spot to skate. And now it's like 10 minutes away. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill about it. That must be super satisfying. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how did you find skateboarding? I think your mum took you down to a, a skate park, right? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm a pretty energetic uh, human being. And as a child, it was even worse, I think, or better. I don't know. You know, I don't know what word to use, but uh, she took me to the skate park. She was like, yo just skate i'll be back in two hours you have fun and i was like oh, i don't want to do this like i've never done it before i don't know if you can do it and then if i knew it was this big of a thing in my life i would have remembered better but for me the feeling was like i got on my skateboard and it was like lightning struck it was like okay this is this is it and i never stopped since like it's i was 13 back then 30 years old right now so kind of stuck to it that's relatively late. I mean, you look at someone, that's relatively late. Some people get sponsored at 13. I know, especially in these days. But, you know, that was back in the day. It wasn't like that back then. We didn't even have YouTube or whatever to watch other people skate. So we had to wait for a video to come out, check it out in the skate shop. You know, that, it was that time. It was different. Yeah, it was funky because I never expected it to be something that I would be able to make a living out of or whatever. I just... I found something that I really liked and I was kind of good at Like I, I didn't really have talent, but I had a lot of persistence. So I just like kind of stuck to it. And if I wanted to learn something, I would learn it. I think a kickflip took me a year and that's way too long for a kickflip to be on. That's why I wasn't sponsored when I was 13, you know, but I kind of stuck to it. And it just like, I don't know, it, it, it kept getting better. Every time I thought I, I was like, oh, I'm at a good level now, I got even better. And then I went to a different contest and then I scored higher and then, you know, then the Olympics popped up. That's how fast it went. <laughs> how did you find out about skating and the Olympics and and how um, and that it was going to happen? You know, do you remember? I remember the exact moment. I was um, I was working as a in a juvenile detention center at that time, like just full time job. I lived in a, in a in a bigger city back then. It had a skate park. I still did every. I still skated all the contests i got european champion but i just had a full-time job on the on the side i got an email from uh, gary ream and he was like hey we're doing this thing in nanjing for the youth olympic games 
we have a demo sport. And I was like, oh, Gary Bream, I know that name, you know, Woodward Camp. And that's what I knew him from, not from the world skater. I was just like, okay, Woodward Camp, I want to go there. Um, and he was like, if you're available in six days time, we're going to go to China for 10 days and we're going to do this whole demonstrating skateboarding. I was like, I'm down. So I asked my boss, she was super chill about it. She was like, yo, I think this is an opportunity you have to grasp. So we'll, f- we'll find somebody to cover your shifts and you just go. And I think at that time was also the moment, uh, I was there with Leticia and Chris Cole, uh, Sean Malto, Gary Ream, uh, Neil Hendricks, like a lot of, you know, good skateboarders. Terrible. Terrible skaters. They're, what awful, what awful skateboarders they are. Those, those, those world it was famous, insane. incredibly respected people. It was insane. And I remember they were, they, they were telling me, they were like, oh, but you're really good at skateboarding. You're a female. You should like, try to turn pro. And I was like, how, do, how does that even work? I can't just decide to turn pro. That's not how it goes. But at that moment, that was the point I realized, okay, the Olympics is probably going to happen within somewhere like a time time span of like five or six years because uh, they were really serious about it and i decided at that moment i was going to quit my job and just give it a real try so i think it was like 2016 or something when i found out 2015 that it was you know in the pipeline somewhere it was going to happen but no one knew when and then i just decided to go all in One of the things with skating is that you're going to get injured. Like, you're going to fall off. It's not going to be good. In my mind, you know, you know, to get up, go skateboard, have lunch, go skate again. You know, you know that's, that sounds perfect, right? Um, but I think the reality, as with anything, is a little bit more um, harder. And so... Yeah, I think you've just got this big deal with Birdhouse, right? Are you you skate? That's that's huge, uh, you know, especially in the middle of all of this. It's insane. I didn't like. I, I didn't expect it in the first place, but it just like, I I got an Instagram. I got a DM from Tony Hawk saying, "Hey, would you be down to write for Birdhouse?" And for me, like, I told my mom at that point, I was like, "Mom, my life just changed," and it's like. Being being a pro skater, it seems like easy and chill and fun, but it's it's super tough because you always have to be on your A game because there's always someone ready to take your spot. That's like, and especially in competition skateboarding, but I think also in street skateboarding, there's always someone who wants your spot. It's not specifically for me, but someone wants to write for Birdhouse, someone wants to win the Olympics, someone wants to win SLS. No, it's always, there's always people around. Um, it's also my income. So if I'm injured, I'm not able to skate. And I used to, um, when I quit my job, of course, I didn't have an income anymore. And I skated from contest to contest. That was how I made my money. But that meant if I didn't make top three or got injured, I wouldn't have any money. So I couldn't go to the next contest and I would be, you know, homeless or whatever. Like, I'm lucky to have like a really good mom and dad who always, who always had my back. But it's like, that was really tough. But And then I thought it would get easier. But now, now when I'm like, you know, Birdhouse is the, that's the dream. If the Birdman hits you up and is like, yo, you want to do this? Even even if you would have said, hey, here's the broomstick, you want to skip? I would have said yes. You know, that's like, that's a pivotal point in my life. So now I'm trying to also like combine my contest skateboarding with street skateboarding, which is even harder because street skateboarding is just a little bit more risky sometimes, most of the times. 
so you know it's a mission but it's a really fun mission but it takes it takes a big toll like I, I'm really conscious of not just me getting older but also like I've been skating for 17 years I gotta eat healthy I gotta sleep good I gotta train in the gym because I want to be able to take those slams so it's like it's really hard but it's really fun like I wouldn't want to be doing anything else than what I'm doing right now ever I think if you, you want someone to talk longevity, then Tony Hawk is your man. You know, like, he, he's, he's been there, you know. He's super, super inventive. You know, what a mentor to have, you know. It's amazing. And it's also just, like, it's not just, you know, of course, the, the name is, like, really impressive. If I tell people, like, hey, I'm writing for Burgess, they're like, wow, isn't that Tony Hawk's brand? You know, that's, like, the first thing that pops to mind, but... Seeing how um, how he handles his team, how he talks to people, how he's always like, he's super humble. He's, a, he's the most genuine dude. And he's just, you know, like I'm super thankful just to get an opportunity at this point in my career to, you know, write for a brand like that, like such a legit brand. And after all this time I've been skating, because it would have been easy to be like, yo, there's 12 year old kids who you can probably have on your team for the next 20 years, you know? And that's like, to me, this is such a big opportunity that I, it's cut, it's at the same level at the Olymp, like the Olympics. This is like the stuff I want to be doing. It's so crazy to think though. I'm sure there were some moments where you were just like, what, what, what am I doing? You know, especially when you're trying to balance out working, you kind of see all the friends or, you know, people you went to school with maybe like, on the straight and narrow, as it were, you know, like, you know, and, and that looks nice, the security in that, you know? And so, you know, to take all those, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure though, you know, like maybe I'm wrong, but. No, you're right. You know, it's, it's like funky, it's especially getting older. It's, it's as soon as I, I think I was like 24, 25, when I decided to f like skate full time, to invest everything. So I wouldn't look back and be like, oh, what if I would have quit my job? What if I would have invested 100%, whatever? I didn't want to have like the, the what ifs because I also had a plan B because I already had my diploma. I had a working career. So I could always go back to that. That was like the backup plan. And then um, I started seeing my friends, you know, buying houses. Like now all of them are becoming moms, which is super amazing because I, I get to be the fun aunt and I just play with the kids and leave again. And there were definitely points where it was like, whoa, wait a minute, like, Am I, you know, I, when you're in school with, like, we have a friend group with 13, well, now it's 11 girls. So, and we're, we've been friends since high school and we're still friends. And in the beginning, there's like so many factors that combine you. Like you go to a different school, you go to a different city, but you're still like, you're all on the same path. And at one point, everyone, like some, someone wants to make a career. The other one wants to become a mom. The other one wants to become a mom of seven kids, you know, like. Everyone's finding their own path. And mine was so different than theirs that I was like, oh, wait, am I, am I going to be really lonely at one point? Or is it going to be like, am I still going to be able to connect with them? through? Because my life is so different. Like I travel a lot. I'm not home a lot. Well, right now I'm not traveling at all, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm away a lot. And But it, we're still human beings. I think everyone finds a connection somehow. And we've already had such a an big past together. So it doesn't really... For them, I'm just still like the same candy. Like I'm not an athlete, I'm not an Olympian, I'm not a, I'm not even a skateboarder. I'm just, you know, candy that's like super hyped on everything and just wants to chill and hang out with them. So it, like not like some 
in some kind of way, nothing changed. And on the other hand, everything changed. And I also had the fear of like being left behind or become really lonely, whatever. That's, there's definitely, and there's still moments that I feel like, woof, am I really like, cause this is like a big time in my life and I want to invest that in skateboarding, but do, that, does that mean I leave other opportunities? You know, I'm 30 years old. Maybe I should be thinking about kids or whatever, but my mind is just obsessed with skateboarding all the time. Like I wake up, first thing I do is watch a skate clip. Before I go to bed, I watch a skate clip, you know, can't think about anything else. So I think this is what I should be doing. I agree because <laughs> you're an amazing skater and I like seeing you skate. I that's, appreciate that's that. That's my main reason. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. It's extremely selfish, actually. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I I was so hyped that you got on Birdhouse after, you know, just like watching. I was like, what? <laughs> Which I, so God knows what it was like when uh, I had no idea that that was happening. Me I, neither. Like, no one knew. And then it was like, it, it happened really fast. And then I think... Like, at first, I, I told my mom, of course, because I live with my mom and dad. And I was like, yo, listen, Tony Hawk. And they were like, wait, what does this mean? I was like, I have no idea, but I'm going to do it. And then I, because I, I used to write for uh, Black River, which is a skateboarding brand uh, since 2002, I think. They also have fingerboards. And I've been skating for them for like uh, 12 or 15 years for a long time. So I hit them up and I was like, yo, listen, this opportunity came up. And the first thing was like, they said... Uh, as soon as when the Birdman asks you to write for that brand, you're you're on his brand. Like that wasn't a discussion or like, oh, but we have 15. Years. They were super down and they were like, yo, this is what you've been. They were super respectful about it. And I think that was like the main thing that everyone around me is like, yo, this is it. This is now it's now it's real. You know, it's I don't know. It's kind of like when I told my grandma the Olympics was happening. She was like, oh, so it's a sport. You know, it's legit now. And that was what it was like when I told my skater friends, like, yo, Birdhouse hit me up. And they were like, it's legit now, finally. So, oh yeah, I'm super stoked. Couldn't be happier. Super stoked until he, you know, like, gets that big massive loop out or whatever crazy yeah. madcap scheme. Until they take me to a 20 stereo and they're like, okay, skate this. No, I, I don't think it's going to go like that. Have you seen the, the latest video, the Warwick run? No, they, no, no, no. they go to like um ah oh, elliot sloan's uh big air ah yes and they yeah, put yeah, the yeah, van yeah. on top of that thing and then they skate oh, the I van see that my mom was yeah. like is it if they ask you are you gonna are you gonna do? i was like if they ask me to jump from a building i'll do it you know this is this is my life now i'm gonna do this but first the olympics like i gotta i gotta stay in one piece until the olympics until after the olympics and then i get to play around on loops and big airs and whatever You've worked so hard to get to that point. A lot of knockbacks and then just out of the blue, something amazing happened. Yeah, there's also definitely been moments in my skateboarding career where I was like, you know, is, is this really like, am I really going to struggle like this the rest of my life to be able to skate? Of course, my full, full commitment answer was yes, I'll struggle because this is what I, I love most. But there's definitely been moments where I was like, whoa, am I going to be able to keep this up? Like, it's not only just, you know, I got to, I have my trainers that I have to pay. I have to pay the rent. I have to like, you know, do all this other stuff. That's, and there's a lot of insecurity in being a professional skateboarder because you never know when you're going to get hurt. You never know if there's an opportunity is going to come up if you win a contest or not. So, and then of course, skateboarding becoming Olympic made it possible for me to have a full-time wage as well. 
because the Dutch Olympic Committee was like, yo, you're in the top eight of the world. We would like to give you an income. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, that helps ease the mind a lot. And then all these opportunities came up. So it's like, it's been good. For me, it's been good. The plans for the Olympics were all kind of really set in stone and like all the competitions were kind of there. You'd qualified sort of, you know, not officially, but you know, like more or less. So, and now we don't really know when competitions and contests are going to be, are going to be happening. So, I mean, what is the plan for you uh, in 2021? Do you have one? <laughs> no, I stopped making plans. After this year, I was like, I'll just do whatever like pops up and honestly for me like it was you know like the moment right before march i think in february somewhere uh i was talking to one of my coaches and he was like i think you're qualified and i was like what do you mean i think you're qualified he was like well i checked the list and i don't think you can not be qualified anymore like it's impossible for you to not be in the top 20 i was like yeah but you think so I, don't, I didn't believe it because I never believe anything someone says. And then he asked like a mathematician, he was like, yo, or a statistic, statistic dude. And he was like, yo, check, do all the calculations and see if she can get bumped out. Can get bumped out of the top 20 anymore. So whatever happens, even if there's gonna be non-contest or 10 contests, I'm, I'm gonna be qualified. So that was like super chill. But then, you know, like the Olympics got pushed and then we weren't sure if it was going to happen and then eventually pushed it. And I think that was the point where I decided, okay, so I'm just going to wing whatever happens with time right now. I'm just going to try to enjoy being at home, build my skate park. Cause we had like a small part of the skate park already. And then there was a lot of time. So I was like, okay, maybe we can build a little extra, get out some money, get out some people and then start building again. And ever since that point, I was just like, now I started filming a little bit for my street part, but you know, Winter is coming, so it's also like really depending on the weather right now. And I think it's been kind of mellow somehow, but on the other hand, I know like I'm gonna be in the Olympics, so I better be be ready when it happens. And I, they even had this conversation because I asked them like, "Ah, oh, how like how sure are we that it's gonna happen?" And they were like, "Listen, if there's a zombie apocalypse, it's gonna happen." I was like, "Okay, so we're we're doing we're really doing this." So I hope we still have like some contest in 2021 because you know it's. We had one contest in September, which was really, it was like the timing was perfect because right, I think a week after that contest, we were in full lockdown again. This was the, this was, was the, the crazy Madrid. The training facility. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, that was, yeah. like, that was something totally different. It was, was really cool though. I was yeah, so confused. I, they, they were like, yeah, you want to film something? And I was like, uh, right now? Cause like the weather has been <laughs> awful. And I was like. Yeah, they were like, yeah, but you can also use all footage. And I, I told them, I was like, yo, listen, the last three years I've only been skating contests. Like my life has consisted just out of contest skating. So I have no street footage. There's nothing lying around. And they were like, yeah, maybe she can film something. But that was really fun. Just like a totally different approach on contest skateboarding, kind of. But we had like the Dutch championships in September without audience. And it was in the, in the training facility, which was really fun. Uh, but it was, you know, it's also really good to just try and find that contest mode because it's it's different not skating contests and it's on somehow it eases your mind because you're like whoa no pressure but on the other hand you forget how that pressure feels so it's really good to have some contests leading up to the olympics so hopefully there's going to be a few do you look back and, and just think 
I've done it. You know, like the the things that you set out to do, skating for Birdhouse, you know, being super secure, going to, you know, like going to the, to the Olympics and now having the freedom to like, just do some really cool video, you know, like do what, like just loads of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, there's like little, like little sparks where I feel like, Ooh, I think I'm, I made it. But I also like, I'm so used to living a life that's super insecure with all the factors. So like a p- pandemic doesn't surprise me because, you know, everything's super unsure and life can change at any moment. So I think I'm always super aware of that being a possibility. Like there's a possibility I'll wake up tomorrow and my life is going to be super different. So I can't really chill. Like I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it more and be like, Cause I, I was talking to my coach and she was like, are you like enjoying the process? Like when, if you're going to look back, you're going to, you know, f- have you felt like you're really in the moment and you really enjoy the moment? And I was like, nah, cause my, my mind is still like in that contest mode and just like constant being ready for battle. Kind of, that's what it feels like. Cause you, you put your body on the line every day. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. Even if I'm in the streets, like chilling or whatever, like. I'll, I'm I'm skating, so my body's on the line every day. So I don't really have that like super chill mode. But sometimes there be like little moments where I'm like, Whew, I think I'm doing what I what I dreamt of and what I even more than I I dreamt of. So and also with the Olympics, I was like, okay, I'm I already achieved everything I wanted within skateboarding. Like I I've been able to skate so much. I've been you know I went to the X Games, I went to SLS, like I went to all these competitions that I wanted to go to. So this is like my cherry on top and so far it's been a really good cherry but you know there's always more i always want more i think it's funny having you say this i, I kind of like feel it in my stomach a little bit i'm like oh i think I'm, I'm doing this but you know sometimes you need other people to remind you because for me it's just it feels like a constant hustle because you know the olympics is still coming up and the street part is like something i really want to do but i also really want to do really good so it's like a different kind of pressure and it's somehow harder because you're like depending on way more factors if you go to a contest like there's a skate park and it's set in stone and that's the sort of skate park look like and that's that's what you skate but when you go to the streets like there's like people walking around with sticks like there's super slow people there's pebbles there's police it's such a different environment so it's a different kind of hustle but it's a fun hustle just like contest skating is a fun hustle it's always been it's rad skateboarding is just rad honestly Kenny, we've had such an amazing time. It's like absolutely flown by. I can't believe that this is the end. Thank you so much. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Olympic Channel Podcast. Huge thanks to Candy. Just before we recorded that interview, actually, Candy had injured her knee. Uh, She told me off air. And um, she's put it on Instagram now, so it's all public. And she's taken some time out at the moment for it to heal. So we wish her literally all the best with her recovery. If you want to go and show her some love, she's on Instagram as Candy underscore Jacobs. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E and we are Olympic Channel across all social media. Right, that's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together. We'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.